This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 136, with Charles Clinton. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscher. Hello everyone, MC Lobster here and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today and in today's show we're going to look at a modern way to create and manage your commercial real estate portfolio, real estate crowdfunding and the overall real estate crowdfunding market and space and we're also going to be looking at the future of real estate investing and much, much more. My guest today is Charles Clinton. Charles is the founder and CEO of Equity Multiple, where he shapes the company's strategic vision and oversees daily operations. Prior to founding the company in 2015, Charles was a real estate attorney with Simpson, Thatcher, and Bartlett, where he worked on a variety of major transactions for private equity clients, primarily Blackstone and KKR. During his time at Simpson, Charles worked on over $10 billion in real estate transactions, including Blackstone's $1.7 billion purchase of the Cosmopolitan Hotel, Blackstone's $1.9 billion purchase of Motel 6, and Hilton's real estate asset restructuring and refinancing in advance of its $2.5 billion IPO. Equity Multiple is a secure online platform that connects accredited individuals with exclusive high-yield commercial real estate investment opportunities at low minimums. Founded in 2015 and headquartered in Manhattan, Equity Multiple is partnered with Mission Capital, a national commercial real estate advisory firm, and the combined leadership team has closed on over $70 billion in real estate transactions. You can access your invitation from Equity Multiple at cashflowninja.com forward slash equity. Please share your feedback and thoughts with me on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MCLobsher or by email at info at CashflowNinja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at CashflowNinja.com or texting CashflowNinja, one word, all capitalized, to 44222. That's two fours and three twos. Have you read Rich Dad Poor Dad? Are you interested in real estate investing and don't know where to start or how to get the results you want? For valuable information to get you started, visit JoinOps Properties at joinopsproperties.com. Globally, coffee is a $90 billion industry, and International Coffee Farms offers a sustainable income opportunity through offshore sustainable agriculture. You can own a parcel of your very own cash-flowing specialty coffee farm in Panama. For more information on this income opportunity, you can download your free report at cashflowninja.com forward slash Panama. I've spoken about the most powerful system on the planet, on the show, the banking system, and my firm Valhalla Wealth Financial helps people reclaim the banking function within their own lives through leveraging the tools and strategies of the wealthy. If you're interested in reclaiming the banking function within your own life and the infinite banking concept, you can email me at info at cashflowninja.com. 
Charles, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Can you please share a little bit about your background and your journey with my listeners? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so prior to founding uh, Equity Multiple, which I did in 2015, uh, I was a real estate lawyer at a big firm called Simpson Thatcher in New York. Uh, mostly worked for the biggest private equity clients, uh, Blackstone, KKR, all the sort of super giants of real estate investing. Um, I always had a little bit more of an entrepreneurial bend, though. And uh, in late 2014, I, I left my job as a lawyer and kind of leapt into the, the world of being an entrepreneur um, and, and founded Equity Multiple with a partner. Can you share a little bit about Equity Multiple, uh, what it does, where it fits into the industry, because there's quite a number of players, and what value you provide to the marketplace? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so broadly speaking, we are uh, a service that, you know, pre-vets commercial real estate investments from experienced sponsors all over the country. And we present, you know, kind of a select few of those out to our investors. Uh, to give you a sense of our diligence process, we've looked at, I think, 450 or 500 projects um, since we started about a year and a half ago, and we've put up about 25. So, you know, we're taking somewhere in the ballpark of 5% that we're actually showing to investors. I think at its heart, you know, our, our core value is we're taking these big commercial real estate deals, um, finding the ones we think are the best and most appropriate for investors, um, and then presenting them, you know, clearly and letting investors invest in uh, small pieces, you know, as little as, as $10,000. While, you know, traditionally the minimum investments on these projects might have been 500000 or a million dollars because these are often, you know, $20 million deals. Um, in terms of, let me tell you a little bit um, just about how we got started because I think it helps position us in, in the industry a little bit. Um, so when we first started, you know, it was me as a lawyer and, and my partner was uh, in real estate acquisitions for about 10 years. Um, so I thought we had a good kind of complementary skill set to go out and, and find these transactions, underwrite them, and, you know, really prepare them for investors in a way that would be easy to digest. Um, so instead of, you know, kind of looking for company funding from venture capital or friends and family, kind of the traditional sources of starting a business, we went out and talked to existing real estate companies. Um, you know, we talked to a, a huge variety of firms, but we ended up finding a really good match with a company called Mission Capital. Um, Mission Capital started in 2002 and, you know, big picture, they're kind of a commercial, um, you know, they do uh, capital markets, you know, so they do a broad suite of services, but, um, you know, they're helping uh, companies sell loans. They're helping companies find debt and equity financing. They're helping companies value portfolios that they already have. Um, and in total, they've done about $70 billion of transactions in the last 15 years. So, you know, really a big national player. And part of the advantage of partnering up with them was that, you know, they have this source of deal flow. They have all these relationships within the industry. And um, as we looked out across at what everyone was doing, we saw a lot of people, you know, they were, they were selling interests in single family uh, home loans, um, which I think is, a, you know, an exciting industry unto itself. But uh, for commercial real estate, you know, long term, the hardest thing to find in commercial real estate is are the deals. So, you know, we wanted to find a partner who could help us source good deals so that ultimately we could deliver value to our investors. Now, the real estate crowdfunding industry is a pretty, pretty interesting one. Uh, just doing some research on that. And there's been a lot of uh, changes and it's progressed quite a bit in the last four years uh, since the Jobs Act was was implemented, um, 
How are uh, the offerings and business models, how, how have they evolved in this four years and how have they been consolidated? Yeah, it's really been an, it's an interesting journey in a pretty short amount of time. Um, I think the, <laughs> when the industry first started, when everyone read about the Jobs Act, there was a little bit of a, a gold rush to it. You know, all these companies thought, hey, let's put up a website and all of a sudden investors will, will flock to us and we'll have, you know, millions of dollars from new investors. Um, I think that, you know, what, what we've seen in, even in four years is you went from as high as 200 companies trying to target the crowdfunding space, the real estate crowdfunding space. You know, now it's sort of consolidating back down to, I'd say about a dozen companies have really shown that, you know, they have traction, they have investors coming onto their platform, they're doing transactions. Those transactions are returning good money, good cash flow to investors. Um, and you've also seen, you know, sort of clearly different strategies emerge over time. So, you know, there's there's companies like uh, Fundrise, which was, you know, the first company in the space. They started off uh, letting investors come in on, on kind of a deal-by-deal basis. You know, I'll show you an office building. You can decide if you want to invest in it. Um, now they're doing, and along with a few other companies, they've uh, raised their own REITs. So basically, you know, you're giving money to fundrise the same as you would any other big REIT or real estate fund. And they're going to go out and they're going to invest it on their own behalf. And they're going to invest it into all sorts of projects. And you won't necessarily know what you're investing into. Um, then there's companies that are sort of pure technology companies. What they're doing, they're just connecting you directly to a real estate company. They're not vetting the projects. They're not doing due diligence. You know, their role is really just to provide an interface for an investor to talk to uh, a real estate developer. Um, and then, you know, there's companies like ours, which, which present things on a deal by deal basis, really letting investors choose exactly what projects they invest into. And, you know, that can, there, there's people who are focused in, on single family, uh, fix and flip loans. Uh, that's a big percentage of the industry. Um, and then there's, you know, companies like Equity Multiple and, and one or two others that are focused on, you know, bigger commercial real estate projects and, and getting investors into those, which have, you know, traditionally been more institutional. So where is this all headed? What do you see happening in the future? What is the future of real estate investing and uh, what can individual investors expect in the future? I mean, I, th- I think if you look at what you know, the big endowment funds do right now and how they allocate their money. You know, you take like the Yale endowment and they put over 20% of their whole endowment into real estate and other alternative investments. Then you look at sort of the average individual investor and they're less than 3% allocated into real estate. And um, for many investors, it's 0% outside of their home, which, you know, I think in some ways is treated as an investment, but really, really isn't. Um, so, you know, I think what we'll really see is, is just normalization of real estate investing. You know, I think we're going to look back in five or 10 years at, at a time like now where, you know, people weren't putting 10 or 20% of their portfolio into real estate. And I think that it will be when you are planning, whether you're planning your own uh, retirement or you're working with a, a financial advisor to do that, I think that you'll see real estate being a, a part of almost everyone's portfolio. As a startup company and being in this uh, this space, Charles, what are some of the the challenges uh, that you found uh, and experienced um, with scaling a financial technology platform? 
Oh, that's a great question. I mean, look, building a business, scaling any kind of business is hard. Um, I think that the, uh, you know, biggest challenges are the, the same for any sort of business, right? Hiring good people, you know, that's number one. And then, you know, I, I think kind of 1A is making sure that always that you're uh, providing value to your customers, that you're able to find new customers, that you're really, you know, delivering something that, that people want. Um, and then for the kind of fintech world in particular, you know, the balance for us is always, um, you know, what, where do we apply that kind of old school finance and where do we apply the, the kind of new school tech? So, you know, on the real estate side, a lot of that is still very old school. You know, we have to go out and, and find transactions, you know, through relationships. We also use a, a process through the site where we solicit transactions, but still, you know, a lot of it is really just good old fashioned uh, networking and, and, you know, going through our investors and our existing relationships and uh, then underwriting those projects and, you know, much in the same way that big private equity companies underwrite projects. Um, same thing for, you know, dealing with, uh, with our, with our customers, our investors. Um, a lot of that is still the same as it ever was, you know, providing good customer support, uh, making sure we're always there to answer questions. That's, that's paramount. And that's the same as it ever was. Um, I think the technology piece really comes into play because it just makes everything more efficient. You know, it makes things really easy for our investors. They can come on, they set up an account with us, um, and then everything is done electronically. It, you know, it looks like uh, having a brokerage account. Um, so you can, you know, within 10 minutes of, of reading about a project, if you want to, you can sign all your documents, you can transfer money, um, and then, you know, you'll, you'll just kind of sit back and, and get those cash flows as the project performs over time. Um, so we're always trying to, you know, figure out where we can take that technology piece and, and enhance the business. But, you know, really, it's, it's those two things always working hand in hand. Now, you've mentioned that some part of your operations do analyzing deal by deal and making that available to investors and alerting them when deals are available. Can you give us a little bit of an overview just of the process of what the experience would be like for an investor on your platform and uh, share a little bit about your operations in, in, in general from uh, raising the funds, acquiring the, you know, the properties and so forth? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'll take a, a project that we're working on right now um, in Los Angeles. So um, the the actual, you know, sponsor, the person who's doing the real, you know, kind of hard work boots on the ground on the real estate side um, is a guy named Brian Friedman, who we've uh, done another project with in the past. Very experienced uh, real estate guy. You know, I think he has over 400 million um, in real estate uh, assets under management right now. Um, and this is a, a smaller project, um, you know, like less than $10 million total that he's doing out in LA. So, you know, he approached us, we already had underwritten him, looked at his track record. Um, and then we did the same thing, uh, you know, on the project itself, you know, solicit all the documents, read the LLC agreements, you know, read the reports about the zoning and um, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and then, uh, you know, we, once we get through our diligence process, assuming we like the deal, uh, we work with a broker dealer to make sure that everything is, you know, compliant and fairly presented to investors. Um, and then we put it up on our site. We basically have, um, you know, like an offering memorandum, um, that goes through, you know, what the business plan is, what the market is like, what the finances are, um, really trying to lay out any possible questions that an investor could have. Um, so we'll blast out an email to all of our uh, registered investors. Um, you know, they'll see when a new project is available, they can come on. Um, and really from there, it's, it's kind of up to them. 
if they like the project, they if, and they have an account with us already, they you know click a button and sign documents electronically, and and they're done. Um, if but of course you know if people have questions, then um, we're always available. They email us, they call us. We can set up conversations uh, with the sponsor, the developer, to uh, to kind of make sure we dive into the details with anyone who's interested. Um, you know, really the the goal here is to be transparent and, um, you know, make sure that investors know what they're getting into and, and feel comfortable and, and good about their investment. You're listening to Charles Clinton on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We will be right back after a word from our sponsor. International Coffee Farms is a real estate-based specialty coffee farm ownership opportunity. You can own deeded, half-acre parcels in title, already operating specialty coffee farms in Boguete, Panama. They are turnkey managed professionally on your behalf by a team of local experts with sustainable average income of 12% and with cash flow beginning in 12 to 15 months from the date of your parcel ownership. International Coffee Farms' mission is to own and operate specialty coffee farms in Boguete, Panama that are economically, environmentally, and socially sustainable. As part of this mission, 20% of the gross profits of each farm goes towards a socially sustainable fund to improve the lives of the coffee farm workers and their families. International Coffee Farms currently owns and operates eight specialty coffee farms in Boguete, Panama, with parcels available for immediate ownership. To find out how you can become a parcel owner, you can download your free income opportunity report at cashflowninja.com forward slash Panama. You're listening to Charles Clinton on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and now back to our interview. Now, what is your outlook currently on the real estate market? I know it's very local and real estate is a local business and some markets are extremely different than other ones, but in a a general outlook on the real estate market in North America and the United States, and then what markets do you guys operate in? Are you guys in all 50 states or are there certain markets that you prefer to others? Sure, sure. Um, you know, I think that there's uh, a lot of economic uncertainty as at a whole right now. You know, I think people uh, aren't sure what the political landscape is going to do to the economic landscape. And, you know, I think that that is true in, in real estate um, as well. You know, I think that um, we're seeing uh, a little bit of softening in terms of the, the prices of assets. You know, as interest rates go up, that does put a little bit of downward pressure on uh, real estate pricing, at least in the short term. Um, but we're also seeing, you know, especially in, in, um, you know, markets that have kind of good demographic, uh, changes, kind of an influx of young people, of educated people. Um, those markets are, are still doing very well. Um, you know, there's still great kind of leasing activity. The market fundamentals, um, are, are really, really strong. Um, but, you know, I think uh, just because of, um, the little bit of uncertainty in the market, our strategy, um, has, has pushed towards, you know, really focusing on cash flowing assets, um, you know, things that have in place leases, um, so that, uh, if there is any kind of volatility, you know, there's, there's really, um, there's that cash flow. There's those, you know, diversified rents at the property level, um, that can help, uh, these properties, you know, survive and even thrive, um, in, in, you know, kind of broader economic turbulence. Um, in terms of the markets we look at, we are all over the country. Um, typically, we're looking at, you know, primary markets and strong secondary markets. So, you know, of course, we look at your kind of New York's, your L.A.'s, your San Francisco's. Um, but also, we like a lot of the markets like uh, Charleston and Savannah and Seattle and Denver and Austin, um, you know, places that have 
really enjoyed kind of an uptick, like I said before, of um, young, educated people moving in because, you know, in the long run, that, that tends to bode really well for the local economy. Very interesting. Now, the markets that you guys are in, how big is your team? Do you have local teams in place? Because um, just to gather some boots on the ground, um, intelligence and marketing intelligence, um, and how do they fit into your acquisition strategy and team? Sure, sure. Um, you know, so the, the nice thing about our business model is, right, we're always partnered with a local uh, developer or sponsor um, who has, you know, expertise in the particular market they go into. When we're underwriting a project, that's one of the things we look at, you know, does, does this developer have the uh, experience and wherewithal to execute their business plan in the particular place that they're going to do it? Um, so, you know, almost by default, we have sort of a local person there. Um, you know, our team at Equity Multiple is small. There's only six of us. Um, but one of the advantages of, of kind of being uh, partnered up and, and uh, getting the initial investment in our company from a much bigger real estate company is, you know, we can leverage their their staff. And, you know, there are over 100 people. They have five offices across the country. Uh, so the extent that we need uh, local knowledge, local connections, um, additional underwriting capacity, uh, we're able to kind of leverage uh, that, that mission capital national network really effectively. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really, I guess, uh, given us kind of a bigger footprint than, than the uh, size of our, our team would uh, make you think. Yeah, it does make more sense of the way that you guys are structured and set up that you're outsourcing all of that, the ex, you know, that to the local markets and teams and developers in the local markets, then bringing everything in house, uh, in your, in your corporate uh, office where to do research and so forth there, because they do have a feel of what's exactly what's going on. And as I mentioned before, real estate is a very local market and that market knowledge and specific market knowledge is extremely important. So it does make a lot of sense that you guys have structured your organization in such a way and look to outsourcing a lot of those competencies. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we always, um, you know, part of our diligence process is, is calling a network of local brokers also. You know, we are always, um, you know, we get kind of comp information, comparable properties for any project we're looking at. You know, we'll find those um, ourselves through a variety of, you know, kind of technology platforms that we work with that provide that information. Um, but we also are getting, you know, more qualitative, soft analysis from from local brokers on, you know, what are they seeing? Is this, is the market starting to flatten? Is it going up? Is it going down? Um, where do you see things heading? Uh, what neighborhoods are emerging? What neighborhoods seem less relevant? Um, you know, we're always making sure that, uh, we're, we're, we're taking in local advice and, um, you know, using that as a, as effectively as we can. How do investors get started? So if my listeners are listening to this and they're interested to get started, do they go to the platform and just walk us through getting set up and what to expect uh, after being set up with Equity Multiple? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so very, very easy. You know, just go to equitymultiple.com. Um, you can create an account there. Uh, it only takes a few minutes to, you know, set up the initial account. Um, and, you know, then I always encourage people to schedule a time to talk with someone on our team. Um, you know, we have someone, uh, uh, Seth, who's uh, kind of our full-time uh, investor relations uh, guru. And, you know, he can really walk you through questions about about what the platform is, or about what the deals are. Um, or, you know, we're always, I'm happy to talk personally. Our, our underwriting team's always happy to talk. Um, you know, there's plenty of, all the information you'd ever need is available right on the site. And, you know, you can come on and, 
and see our deals and get our emails without ever talking to any of us. But, you know, of course, if you want to, we're, we're there. Um, so, you know, if you, uh, if you just check out the site, you'll, uh, hopefully it'll, it'll be easier than you think. No, and I do like and appreciate the accessibility because, uh, yeah, the, some folks might have some questions and the fact that you guys are so accessible and, and, and taking questions from investors is fantastic. Charles, one habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. What are you currently studying and what skill sets are you currently learning? Sure. I mean, you know, I think the, the kind of boring answer for me is, um, you know, just the things that are most relevant for me right now are, are being a good manager and, and hiring. And, you know, as a lawyer, those are things that I just didn't have to touch. So I think the biggest transition for me is, you know, really learning how can you find those, those good people who are going to really help your business grow and, you know, how can you, um, you know, make sure that everyone's doing the work they should be and, um, you know, feeling valued and all those things that are important to building kind of a good business and a good culture. Um, but, you know, on the, on the personal side, um, my wife and I just, uh, just bought our, our, our first home uh, outside of New York City. And um, I was a New York City kid, so really don't know anything about um, using my hands effectively. So I've set out to, uh, to kind of teach myself some home building, you know, especially since I am in real estate. So uh, my big project for the summer is uh, building a little uh, cabin in the back of our, our property, which, uh, uh, has me, uh, you know, reading, uh, all sorts of, uh, how it works books late into the night, but it's, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, that's fantastic. What were some of the biggest lessons that you've learned? Cause you've had a lot of success, uh, with previous companies that you work with. And as, as a, re- a real estate lawyer, uh, what were some of the biggest things that you've learned starting this and building this company? Oh man, there's, I mean, there's been so many things, you know, it's, it's really kind of a <laughs> lessons every day. Um, I think, you know, it's cliche, but the first is just don't expect anything without hard work. You know, I think that's the common ingredient, no matter what you're taking on hard work is the most consistent ingredient to success. Um, you know, I think another interesting thing and maybe a little counterintuitive is, um, not to be greedy. Um, you know, I think that, uh, whether it's in business or in life, you know, getting the deal done is more important than trying to get the best possible deal at all times. And, you know, I think the old adage is like, it's better to have 50% of something great than a hundred percent of nothing. And, you know, that's something that, that has definitely been true for me in, in uh, trying to build a business. Um, and I think kind of finally it's, it's, uh, just to appreciate, you know, what you have. Um, you know, I think that you look around and it's, it's easy to think like, Oh, this person has more, this person has something I want, but, you know, just to, to stay level on a day-to-day basis, really appreciating, you know, starting with your family, um, what, what you have and, and, um, you know, and that doesn't mean you can't strive for more, but it, it really starts looking around and seeing the good things you have in your life. Now, our core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world a better place. And we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Well, I think it's, you know, I think it's really just kind of echoing those, those that I just said, you know, I think it's, um, whether I think a lot of the same lessons can be applied, but whether it's business or life, right? Like, you know, having that sort of appreciation for, for what you have, um, making sure that you're, 
um, you know, applying, applying yourself as best as you can in everything you do, um, making sure that you are, you know, kind of being, uh, being fair in, in how you're dealing with everyone and, and not trying to, uh, to kind of take as much as you can, but creating kind of wealth and prosperity for everyone around you um, as you go out and kind of build some for yourself. Charles, how can my l- listeners learn more about you and your company and stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? Um, you know, like I said, number one is just going to equitymultiple.com, uh, signing up, um, and you will then kind of be on all our, our email distributions. We typically have two or three new uh, projects a month. So we'll send out an email letting you know that they're available, giving you some highlights of what that looks like. Um, and then, you know, from there, just get to know us a little bit. Give us a call anytime with questions and uh, uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to, to work together. Charles, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and uh, educating us a little bit about the real estate crowdsourcing and crowdfunding space and your company. It's been a pleasure having you on and thank you for providing so much value for my listeners. Absolutely. No, it was really a pleasure to be on MC. It was great, uh, great talking to you and, and thanks everyone for listening. Hi, this is MC Lobsher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Valhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining their capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy according to the infinite banking concept. If you are interested in learning more, you can email me at info at cashflowninja.com and I will send you a copy of Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Thank you for joining my guest, Charles Clinton, and myself on the Cashflow Ninja today. Again, your invitation from Equity Multiple can be accessed at cashflowninja.com forward slash equity. If you like what you and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. I'm always trying to learn and improve in every area of my life. So if there's any way that I could provide more value to you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott have been in your shoes and have used real estate investing to become financially free. They've designed a system to take any beginner to an experienced deal-making investor in the least amount of time. They offer opportunities from basic education, coaching, bridge loan investing to turnkey investments in the cash-flowing market of St. Louis, Missouri. For more information, please visit joinopsproperties.com or call Jimmy and Bob at 314-799-2247. Coffee is a proven product in a $90 billion industry worldwide. Through international coffee farms, you have a chance to own and operate your own half-acre parcels in a specialty coffee farm in Panama, professionally turnkey managed for you. You can download your coffee farm ownership opportunity report at cashflowninja.com forward slash Panama. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. You have been listening to the Cashflow Ninja with your host, MC Laubscher, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. 
Today's show notes and resources are available on our website, CashflowNinja.com. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objective, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness. 